Days ahead, nitroid, Apache smashing fingers. Are you listening? This is your mission. That is to interview an actor called Jim Piddock, who is otherwise known as Major Zero. Not fail in this mission, or there will be repercussions. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. It's an honor. We, we got we got Mr. Jim Piddock here. I mean, this is this is pretty wild. Yeah, I, I don't I don't do too many uh, Metal Gear things. I, I've sort of I don't know why. I mean, I it's not deliberate. It's just that I, I focused on so many other things. Yeah, we're kind of a, a little niche, little subgroup here. I mean, there, there's a ton of us, but yeah, I, I mean, with with as much stuff as you do, I mean, across all the different mediums, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's just one little portion of all the things you got going on. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, yes, it is. I suppose it is, but it's it's quite a big a big uh, audience, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and passionate. I mean, we're let's 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 kind of be frank here. We're we're sort of trying to build up from what little we have and yet look how much we still have going on. I mean, we've got like a whole convention trying to be put together now. I mean, we've got this podcast and I have a little bit of the jitters myself um, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, I do want to just say really quick, the, uh, the we've been talking about that convention for a while. The Kickstarter is live for that. So if y'all are listening and want to support that, go to the uh, MGSCon.com and check that out. But just wanted to get that out of the way here before we dive into stuff. <laughs> when are you, where and when are you doing your convention? Uh, it's in July. It's in uh, LA, I believe. In LA. Okay, that's the one someone asked me about and I couldn't do because I'm going to be away. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, you are probably asked about it. Yeah. I'm in, um, I'm in Europe. Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah, no, I'd love to do something like that. As I say, I, I've sort of just recently got persuaded by the guys at Streamily to go on their uh, site, streamily.com, and, and offer signed photos and stuff and with videos of me signing it. I couldn't do any live because it's just too difficult for me to time it. I mean, I could, but it, it's too much of a hassle. Yeah. So I, 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 do it, I do it off, off uh, they call it, I can't remember, off camera or something. It's not off camera because you have to video it, but it's, it's uh, offline. And, yeah, it's not live. Yeah, exactly. Anytime. That's what I call it. Sign anytime. That's what I call it. Um, which works better for me. I, I just think it's it's great that you take the time out of your schedule to do these sorts of things. I mean, as as much as we might love Metal Gear, I mean, looking at your your career, it's it's vast to say the least. <laughs> it's pretty wide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I enjoy doing these things. It's just it, it, again, if I'm not too overamped. Uh, enjoy it i got a little burnt out this year last year sorry i had a book uh come out last march called caught with my pants down and other tales from a life in hollywood mm-hmm. i think i did around 100 interviews uh oh, wow. on on the book tour and on whatever and and um uh it was it was kind of a nightmare by the end of that i was really burnt out uh, by by the kind of midsummer, yeah, but you're like no more podcasts. And by the way, that book, <laughs> I just got an email today from the publisher saying for some reason they had two accounts. The publisher, Amazon, because they have two accounts, took 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 all this these accounts down. So the book is is available, but not on Amazon for another day or two again. Um, but 
I actually went looking for it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, you can get it anywhere. You can get it on other outlets, mm-hmm. but but Amazon's the best one. Hopefully, that'll be up there again in a couple of days' time. It's it's uh, pretty unusual, but I think uh, Amazon's very strange. That's very glitchy. Mm. Anyway, it's there. It's around. You can find it on on uh, all sorts of places. And if you like uh, if you like listening, the audio book is actually if Audible has the audio book, and that is um, that I think I can recommend highly. People seem to like that. Is that narrated by you or? It is narrated by me. I. I did it during the pandemic. I narrated it in my walk-in closet because that was my studio. <laughs> nice. I only recently became aware of the book, and when I saw the cover, I I lost it. That... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tasteless now. <laughs> I especially love the uh, foreplay by Eric Idle at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's definitely out there. Uh, it seems to be very popular, so that's nice. Um, I'm happy to say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. You have to, uh, I was going to go back to Amazon. You really do have to appreciate their dedication to keeping their webpage like stuck in the 90s. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad it works that way in the back end as well. Uh, what well a it's crazy. They, they wouldn't let me, uh, they wouldn't let the publishers or me, um, ad, uh, you know, sponsor the, but advertise it because they thought that the cover was sexually suggestive. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? So, you know, Amazon, really? it's, astonish- it's astonishing. And I found several covers seriously pornographic books that they were allowing to be sponsored and i pointed that out it didn't it just made them angry they didn't seem to get it <laughs> never mind the amount of product fraud you're just donald ducking it i mean that's all you're you know that's nothing really crude i mean i don't know it's ridiculous it's ridiculous <laughs> they said it's a sexually suggestive pose and, and and the title and i said i think there's an expression called caught with my pants on which means you know caught off guard that's really what it's about. And it actually refers to a story that happened to me in real life, something that happened uh, a couple of times, uh, where I was literally caught, but it was not nothing remotely sexual. Uh, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're, they're very weird at Amazon. They're very, very weird. They're happy to take your money and they're happy to sell all sorts of dreadful stuff. And, um, but, but, but something like that, I don't know. I mean, seriously, sexually suggestive. They they flinch at slapstick. Yeah, sex, sexually suggestive. Wow. <laughs> Great to be a sex symbol when you're in your sixties. <laughs> There's a joke out there about zero being a sex symbol, but I'm not going to try for it. It's the accent. Go for it. I I I, I, I I'd probably fail miserably. <laughs> uh, well, we were all really nervous about how like to what extent we would even talk about the character. Here, do, like, you didn't want to be like weirdos about, hey. <laughs> oh, we're way past that. Do you know on line seven on your script? You know, shit like that. Like, we just wanted to appreciate Jim as a whole. But um, uh, very, very wise, because, you know, far more about Metal Gear Solid than I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those people who. I watched the interview with you on uh, the Kodak and you, you know, you're kind of talking about how, you know, you you really hadn't dove into the lore and stuff and didn't know too much about, you know, Zero's character and like, you know, how when he had turned evil, you know, that was kind of like news to you. (laughs) You know, that was kind of like broke to you on that episode there. But uh, it sounds really unprofessional, but it's very different in voiceover. You know, you you sort of show up and say the lines. uh, And if you don't play the game, 
or uh, and they don't I don't think they give you the whole script you just forget your lines so I'd go in and day after day after day and record with with David Hayter or whoever it was and and uh, I, I I don't really play video games so I don't know what what the game's about really so yeah uh, I, I was curious if if you did any follow-up like since then if you had like dove into any of the like online like movie versions of it or anything like that on YouTube or I've seen sort of clips here and there. I, yeah. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw how I looked. It was like, oh, that's <laughs> what he looks like. That was probably a year or two after the fact. So it's it's a weird disconnect because normally, you know, I'm quite heavy on research when I do work uh, on camera. So it's very odd. How do you approach a performance like that when you don't really have any context to attach to it? you can only go from what you see on the page you know and, and and they don't really give you even a character description i don't remember having a character description oh wow um so you kind of just go i mean it goes back to the origins of theater and you know if you're presented with a shakespeare play what you see is what you get you have to derive your character from what's on the page mm-hmm. but there's no sort of uh description of you know this is a X is in his 60s and he's got this backstory here and there and all that, you know, you don't have any of that. So it's pretty primal in terms of just just really letting the text tell you who this guy is. What you, you say that, you know, you kind of define the character through the text. And I would say that, you know, Zero has a, a few very charismatic lines. Um, I don't want to like try to trivia you on any of them, but do you remember any particular line or phrase that he said that helped you sort of paint that picture? Well, I think doing these types of things has forced me to sort of go back and look at what what, what people seem to remember and obviously spread your wings and fly, God be with you, is sort of one that people seem to want either inscribed on the signed photos or whatever. That 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 phrase seems <laughs> to be a big one. Yeah. Um, and there's a few others that people request and, and thankfully they'll tell me the line and I'll scribble it down and, and sign it. Um, and there's some stuff about 007 and James Bond. Um, so the, 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 there are those. But, but, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that seemed to be spread your wings and fly. seemed to be something that everyone associated with the character. It's, um, I, I really did enjoy your performance in it. Um, that, the dialogue in these games tends to be very uncanny, given how it's written in Japanese, translated to English, and then it sort of has to make these cultural jumps if the characters are coming from different backgrounds so there's a there's a lot of strangeness to how it's written that's uh you know kind of kind of idiosyncratic to the series but but not something you typically see in other media did 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 it seem kind of strange to you that you can recall not really i mean it seemed very dry and very british and very military (laughs) in terms of it was you know curt and um I wouldn't say humorless, but 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 businesslike. It's certainly businesslike mm-hmm. uh, and dry. And if there was humor there, it was dry or wry humor. So that worked for me. Um, obviously, I, I must have read for it. I don't remember just being offered it cold because when I did these games, my career was in a you know it wasn't hadn't sort of taken off in a big way. Uh, so so it was kind of uh, I must have read for it, and the voice must have sounded like what they wanted so um so i guess that 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 kind of i knew that i was you know on the right lines 
remember hearing you say you kind of you kind of tapped into that you know just that proper british officer you know type of just like you know just how they kind of spoke and it was you know very direct and you know matter of fact and yeah pretty much no nonsense mm -hmm. i think you know I, I i remember a lot of my stuff was with david uh hater and um so it was it was quite it was quite easy because we, we kind of had a rhythm that worked. So they did a lot of the conversations with like a more back and forth, you know, it, it wasn't just isolated? Yeah, no, it was, you know, often it would just be him and me in the studio. But, but we kind of, um, we, we found, I think we found a rhythm fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we kind of, we, hit, uh, we had a lot to talk about off, off mic as well because we're both writers. And so... We would talk a lot about screenwriting and stuff. So uh, it, it was quite easy to just slide straight into a sort of some kind of relationship that was established when we were, when we were in front of the mics. Interesting. That's a dynamic I didn't even think of, the whole like being writers, huh? It's, it's funny, again, sort of looking at the body of your work in comparison to this game from almost 20 years ago, and we're asking you these, these detailed questions. Well, um, it's it's also like I either ask him about Metal Gear or I ask him about Christopher Guest, and it's like I don't only get paid to do one of those things, right? Um, and and I have to wonder, uh, with with as many things as you've done, is there any other uh piece of work that sort of uh you would say inspires sort of a similar fervor from its fans? Um. Yeah, I think the Christopher Guest films obviously have yes. a huge cult, <laughs> huge cult following. Yeah. Darn it! So, I, I mean, That's I'm probably right. people say, "What are you best known for?" I would think it would be the Christopher Guest movies. Although, having said that, you know, there's a lot of people that that, uh, that have seen Friends. You know, I only did one episode of Friends, but if you're in that Friends franchise, people all over the world of many generations have seen them. So that's kind of, you know, that happens quite a bit. And then even going way back to the first film I ever did, Lethal Weapon 2, there's people that still come up to me and quote lines from that. Oh, gosh, I would imagine. Which is good. I can only remember one line from that. Like, I forget. All, I mean, it's, those things go in and out for me. It comes from sort of doing weekly rep when I started, where you learn a play one week and then you do another one the next week. So you just... You have a short-term memory thing where you you can remember stuff and then <clears throat> you move on. It's gone. It's like the computer just can't hold all that information for that amount of time. Got to delete some pictures. <laughs> Film trivia is not my strength, so I've I've sort of had to go back and and refamiliarize myself with what I've seen you in. And I'm looking through this list and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's been in so many things that I've watched. I didn't know you were in Independence Day. <laughs> Yeah, that threw me. He did. The, he got the Morse code, man. Like, he, yeah, he got. The I know. Morse code and then it clicked <laughs> as soon as I saw it. You're my good friend. And I feel like we have the same sense of humor. And you've never seen Best in Show. I have not. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's perfect. OK, we got to talk about this later. Sorry. That, that will be an intervention later. It'll change your life. <laughs> uh, yes. Independence Day. About bloody time. That was the line everyone remembers from. I can hear it in my mind clear as day. As soon as I saw your name there, I was like, I know exactly who he was. It, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I've, but I've been looking through the list and just having that realization for like, you know, work after work after work. And it's, it's just, it's incredible. Ahead of the rest of the world. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a weird thing because I'm, I'm not, 
super recognizable in terms of the fact that I've been a character actor my whole life. People recognize me from certain things, but but I, I often disguise myself. But I sometimes meet people, and especially younger generations, and they go, oh, you're an actor, what have you been in? And I'll say, well, I, you know, I don't want to get into that conversation because we'll be here all day. I'll just be reciting <laughs> my resume. <laughs> And it's kind it, of a patronizing sort of becomes, question, isn't it? Well, it is, of course it is, yeah, but you know, I'm always, well, not always, I'm usually very polite. I, I, I should probably kind of wager this. I should probably say, I bet you this amount of dollars. But I always say to them, I guarantee you that you have seen me in something. Yeah. I've never lost that. I've never lost that. Because it's just there's such a wide volume of stuff that even if you don't know my face and don't recognize my name, at 10 out of 10 people, I can get, I could, I, I should probably do this. I should just hang out in bars and say, hey, I bet you 100 bucks you've seen me in something. Go, no, I don't know who you are. Nah. Oh, you can make a killing. Oh. You seen Lethal Weapon 2? And they're like, shit. <laughs> I know. That's, well, that's you your know. starter right there, yeah. Just that, that list. <laughs> List. I mean, I I don't know what it is. It's about a hundred and something thirty things. Uh, you know, over over four decades, four and a half decades. Do you have any funny stories from working with Joe Pesci in that scene? Or well, Joe. Uh, I mean, he, it was a. I was hired for three days to do what was essentially one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first ever film, so I was quite excited. And Joe got sick that week. I think he got flu, so I kept getting bumped. I ended up getting paid for seven days. Nice, nice. Uh, which was great. I mean, not nice that he got sick, but <laughs> yeah. right. Well, well, no, not not no, but nice. But yeah. but when we shot it, it was with Danny Glover and Joe. For some reason Joe found that line of mine um, because you're black, because you're black. Uh, when he says, "Why can't uh, Danny Glover? Why can't he emigrate to South Africa?" Which in the, obviously in those days it was an apartheid country. Stared him open mouth and go, "Because you're black." It made Joe laugh uh, every time I said it. And so he repeated it and repeated it ad nauseam in that scene and then later in the movie. And it sort of became a de facto catchphrase for the movie. So in my first film, you know, that line, it was, it's bizarre. I mean, it became one of the best known lines of the film, that and probably a diplomatic immunity just revoked at the end, Danny Glover says. So, um, but it was it was an odd thing. But thanks to Joe, that that line of mine became um, immortalized. I'm just kind of gobsmacked. That's that's amazing. <laughs> what? I, it's I I just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words. It's got to be incredible to like have been a part of so many of these films and have stories that I can't even begin to imagine. It was funny last night. I, I, I'll tell you something very. Last night, the last dream I had before I woke up dreamt that I was at a table reading for a film. Harry Grant was playing my father. And he said to me, God, you've got such great energy. And I said, well, I don't normally. I'm quite low-key, but <laughs> energized today because I'm so excited about meeting you. Harry Grant probably was old enough to play my grandfather, but it, was, it, was a, it, it, was, it made me very happy. It was, I woke up very happy. But I thought, well, where did that dream come from? And I know where it came from. It came... Exactly, because I have actually been in a situation where I've worked in two different films, two people I grew up, uh, not idolizing, uh, but close to it, which were Anthony Hopkins and Michael Caine. 
I ended up working with both of them and doing scenes with them. And, um, and both of them were absolutely delightful. I mean, they were everything you'd want sort of heroes to be. That's amazing. And uh, I mean, yeah, Michael Caine was such a, he was just no sense that we weren't equals or, you know, we were just both in the trenches fighting in the same war. And sit down and he'd want to chat and talk about stuff. And it just was no kind of like, oh, you know, you go over there, I stay here. None of that whatsoever. And he was lovely, delightful. And then Anthony Hopkins, I was in my trailer. Uh, it was a Woody Allen film uh, in London. It was shooting in London. I was in my trailer my first day. And there was a knock on the door. And I shouted, you know, come in. I, I thought it was the AD or someone calling me to set or wardrobe saying, you know, does your trousers fit or whatever. Um, and the, the door flew open and Anthony Hopkins literally leaped into the, he was 74 years old at the time, leaped into the thing, <laughs> said, oh, I just wanted to tell you, I'm so happy you're doing this film. It's so delightful to have you here. Yeah. And, and I was absolutely blown away. I, I didn't know what to say. I, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so excited to meet you. And I said, I, I, I'm quite a bit nervous because and for so long, oh, don't be silly. And so I'm, I'm, um, he said, I was like, I was like that with Woody Allen. Don't worry. No. And, and we, he was just oh my gosh, like a, a, an old friend the whole time we shot. Immediately we'd cut. He'd go, come over here. Let's let, tell me about this. And, and we'd talk and chat. It was so thrilling to, to meet people who you admired and were so, such icons in the business who were so, so wonderful wonderful uh, and and also you know on, on the comedy side eric idol who i grew up idolizing monty python forgive the pun um and er eric and all those guys so when i got to work with him it, i was so excited and and the fact that we became such close friends and um i i see or talk to him every other day uh for the last 20 20 something years that's amazing that's so awesome yeah yeah he I mean, is one of the funniest people on the planet i love monty python it's, yeah it's just I, i've watched holy grail alone like so many fucking times you know I, I can you know read all those lines back and forth but yeah it's genius uh one of the funniest and smartest people on the planet and one of the nicest you know I, we spend time together in france we do it he's just you know probably I actually can't think of anyone in LA who I who I am in you know constant touch with a friend. But he is one. He's into foreplay, which I think <laughs> is a sign of kindness. Really, it's kindness and consideration. He, he wrote my foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. I have to know. Um, I I couldn't. Uh, we couldn't hear you at the at the time when I said it. I don't know if you heard me or not, but I but I need to know in the audio book does he does he read the foreplay? No, he doesn't read the foreplay, which is the one. That you don't get in the audiobook uh, and and the pictures of course and all the pictures that are in the book. But I can I can um, read it to you if you want. You know I can read you his foreplay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll kill us some time. You know it'll buy me some time. <laughs> I can read oh you. Oh my foreplay. god! I just pictured like like. Now I just picture Zero going into OPSEC and being like, let me read you Volgan's foreplay <laughs> oh for Intel's sake. Exactly. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Th these things seem so amazing to us, but this is just your life, so it's... Uh... Yeah. Sorry, I'm still kind of at a loss, yeah. 
it's got to be really satisfying too to just like meet these people and you know they're not like divas or just you know assholes and stuff you know and <laughs> that can kind of run rampant in that business sometimes but just to, for them to be like just really cool that's like awesome you know that's that's great to hear the book is very gossipy and one of the chapters is uh i start by saying that here's 10 a list of 10 a-listers i've worked with nine i absolutely loved and one was a four asterisks word <laughs> and uh I pres- you've done a great job of selling this book by the way i will be buying a copy <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it's a it's a fun chapter i have to say and and i don't hold back in the book i actually eviscerate four people whom's dead so they can't sue me one of whom is a major a-lister uh and is one of the worst people i've ever met in the world um and a couple of others are, you know, b- 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 unpleasant. But uh, so anyway, I, d- I don't hold back. I don't care. And, but on the counter side, I give praise where praise is due. So of these 10 people, the nine, I go through it. So it becomes like a, a knockout competition. I eliminate one of the people <laughs> until I get to, the, by default, to who is the four asterisks word, which you can choose uh, which word you like. <laughs> And I spend two or three pages eviscerating that person, uh, and quite rightly so. Regarding your work with Michael Caine, uh, how many films have you worked with him in? I can think of two that you were both in. I know it was uh, The Prestige and Austin Powers, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, was he in Austin Powers in Goldmember? He might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, he was, he was Austin Powers' father. Oh, well, we certainly didn't work together on that. We didn't work together. Um, oh. but, but, so I didn't see him on that. But The Prestige, absolutely. Uh, and I didn't work with 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 um, Mike Myers. Uh, in fact, there's a story. I went to see Monty Python's last ever live show at the O2, the closing night, which Eric had invited me to. And I went to see that. And backstage afterwards, I went uh, to say hi. You know, and I was waiting for them to come out, you know, of their dressing room. And this security guy came up to me and said, are you Jim? I said, yeah. He said, oh, uh, you, you please come this way. Uh, Mike wanted to say hi. Oh, Palin. I, I, I don't actually know Palin, but maybe Eric's told, told, told him about me or whatever. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure why. Um, anyway, so I followed the security guy. We went, we went through this labyrinth, and I think, this is odd, because I think the dressing rooms are that way. It led me through here, down there, and then O2 is massive. Out in this bar, this kind of VIP bar. And he says, this way, this way, this way. And he walks up to the bar, and there's Mike Myers standing there with a drink. And he said, here, here you are, Mike, here's Jim. And Mike Myers looked at me and I looked at him. He said, hi. And I said, hi. And I held out my hand and said, I'm, I'm Jim, Jim Piddock. And he said, oh, hi, I'm Mike, Mike Myers. And we had no idea why this guy had, had brought me all the way down to meet him. <laughs> this is a comedy <laughs> sketch. And I said, uh, to, just to break the ice, because it was so awkward, I said, we, um, we've actually been in the same film together. Uh, but we've never met. And he said, oh, what was that? And I said, Austin Powers. I played the, the, the teacher, the spy teacher. He said, oh, my God, of course, yeah. And then we chatted for a bit, and it was fine. Uh, but then it sort of wound down fairly quickly, the conversation. And just again, I was like, well, well thanks. Um, nice to meet you. And off I went back to through the labyrinth to, to see the people I was supposed to see. But it was a, it was weird. Oh, very weird. And, and I you said, lived a Python sketch at a Python show. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very very strange. That's um, that's wow. That is so funny. Getting led across the entire O2, thinking you're going to be so bizarre. The other thing that 
<laughs> that, that's killed me. The other bizarre thing that happened that evening was uh, in one of the reception rooms before after the show, the VIP reception rooms, I got a picture. I snuck a picture of Stephen Hawking talking to, and I know I'm going to forget his name. Do, do, do you know the, the dwarf actor that was in... Uh, Vern Troyer. Uh, Life's Too Short, uh, the Ricky oh. Gervais show. Um, he's oh, yeah, famous. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, David, called? David something, is it? No, is, I can't remember his name. He was in... Is that, that's not Warwick Davis, Google. is it? <laughs> Warwick yes, Davis. yes, Warwick <laughs> Davis, exactly. I saw Warwick Davis talking to Stephen Hawking, and it was such a bizarre... Just the... The odd couple <laughs> defined, and I managed to get a sneak. I would watch that show. I know. I said, this is the, this is the next sitcom. It's, I, I can see it. Um, but, but I got a great picture of the two of them talking. It was an odd night. I can't believe they canceled Willow. I'm mad about that. <laughs> All right. I forgot they made a series about that. I've got nothing to offer you there. It's okay. Neither does <laughs> Disney. Speaking of... Uh of streaming and and all that like have you uh do do you have like a preference for like you know if if you're getting offers for either a film role or something that's going to go on streaming like is 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 it still kind of kind of a knife fight out here with like royalties and you know split payments and stuff like that as far as streaming shows go it's a little different on each each uh, platform uh to be honest with you i don't think about that when i when i'm either offered a job or asked if I'm interested. Um, <clears throat> I really don't think about, I just think about whether it would be fun to do. Mm-hmm. Sole criteria, um, I don't think about the, 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 the kind of secondary income stuff. Right? That yeah. takes, takes care of itself. Plus, I, I know with like with video games, most of the time it's it's like a one off type deal where you know you're not getting the royalties and stuff like that. So I wasn't sure if there was more of a you know incentive to do those types of project versus you know the video game projects. Well, you may or may not have seen I've given interviews where I've explained why I didn't return to do Major Zero because uh, because of that. Uh, Money was so ridiculous. We're all definitely aware of the of that whole scenario, and you know it, it sucks that that's yeah. Some other actors did the same thing. And we're on your side. Okay. Well, I wasn't trying to be an asshole or be you know a prima donna. No, it's you're just, not. Yeah, <laughs> no one thinks that. Trust me. Yeah. It, it was just like, well, why, why, why would I, why would I do that? You know, you guys made billions off that those games, mm-hmm. uh, and I, if I was a lead character in a movie that made that money you'd be driving up Brinks trucks to my front door. So <laughs> why would you think that I would do it for half the money you paid me the first time when I wasn't well-known at all? You know, yeah. nobody knew it was. And, and it's like, I mean, it, it's literally on principle. I've been happy to do it. I love working. Mm-hmm. I love the people involved. I love the actors. And so for me to turn down something that's, you know, appealing and would have been fun, there has to be a major principle involved, and there was in that. And, and, and I think you have to do that. I mean, again, I, I hate to talk about it, but I do establish in the book a reason. You know, I've, I've been a quite a good businessman in my life, and there's a reason yeah. it's because you have to draw the line somewhere. Agreed. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've, I've kind of drawn the line on two or three things, and I explain how that happens. And I hope for young actors or anybody, you know, in any profession, you have to put a value on what you do. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. It will be devalued by everyone and anyone who will take advantage of that. Sometimes you lose out. There, there's also sort of a weird dynamic with video games where they sort of want to have their cake and eat it too. There, there are all these conversations about how video games should be taken more seriously, like, like film, yep. uh, aspiring to be more film-like, but then at the same time, they don't really run uh, the industry in the same way as film, with the same standards. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's an odd, and it's never, I mean, considering how long they've been around, it's incredible that the unions haven't figured out a way to protect actors on, on video games. Um, it's, it's pretty stunning, actually. Yeah, you guys should definitely be getting some type of, you know, offshoot royalty payments after the fact, with just, you know, for how involved you are with it. I would, th- I would think so, yeah, based on sales. I mean, mm-hmm. it yeah, of course. it's not rocket science. It, no. It's not, uh, it's not particularly difficult. The the people who bring to life these characters mean a lot to the people who play the games, and the the money should be, you know, the money should have been spent to to secure you in that role. In 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 all honesty, I I think it was people are on your side on in 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 that argument big time. Oh well, thank you. I mean, I hope I I know I saw some some actress did the same thing. She stood her ground and and. Uh... I, I thought good, good for you. Yeah, but she was bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's she embellished a bit. Yeah. Oh, really? But there, there is a press that that it was an exception against a rule. However, it's 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 certainly a precedence in the industry that even though her story was had some you know finagling with it, um, it brought out so many other stories of actors who you know they had these iconic roles where they you know they they were a major character in a video game, but they got less less out of it than like royalties for like a very minor character in a show for example um so while that story again um was a bit embellished in a way it it was an exception against the rule and a lot of voice actors came out and showed that unfortunately you know it's it's an uphill battle for them in this industry and you're right like how has like a union not kind of stepped in at this point i'm not sure why um but it's it's certainly something that needs to be improved. It's ridiculous if you if you consider. I, I did a, a shot three or four days on a show called The Blacklist, uh, which is on is it on NBC? The Blacklist. I believe so. I, I shot that last. Yeah, with, with with James Spader. I shot that show. It's in its tenth season, I think. Shot that last April. I just I went in for three or four days. It was a decent role, and I earned more in those three or four days as much as I did for all the Metal Gear Solid games. Wow. That's ludicrous. Wow. And you, you did like eight full days of recording for Metal Gear Solid 3. I remember you saying like, that's, you know, that's a lot of recording. Well, the original, yeah. And then I had to go back, uh, then I had to go back to other stuff and then they cut it up and used it for more games. That's what's really ridiculous about what Konami said is they, you know, they were like, well, hey, you're, the reason they were trying to give you such a low price was like, hey, your your character is not going to be seen, so technically, you know, it, it, that's that's such bullshit. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> that's even that's an even worse excuse. Yeah, I it's was like, like it's like we're fucking video games here. Like, none of us are on camera. Goddamn it! Like, I don't know. That's, that's that's bullshit. It's insane. Yeah, insane. It's kind of funny to hear this talk about. Uh, to hear you know it brought up about how there should you know the union should be figuring this out. The uh, the first Metal Gear Solid game was a non-union job, and several of the actors, yes. uh, in order to not get in trouble with SAG-AFTRA, decided to use pen names in the credits. Sean Sean Barker, oh, wow. yeah, James Flinders David for Hader Cam was, Clark. 
Yeah. I, I called James, him James Flinders. I called him Cam Flinders for a while. But Cam like, Flinders. Just because of my brain fucked it up. But yeah, uh, wow. David Hayter was uh, Sean Barker. He went by his the Giver name, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And, and the, the, the argument that, because it, it's not on camera, is ludicrous. Because again, I've done an hour, not even an hour, I've gone in to do a, an animation job that's taken me probably 40 minutes to do. I've learned more than I did in that 40 minutes than I did for, you know, the whole of the, the um, Metal Gear Solid stuff. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, you just remind, you literally just, uh, like, laid out that Simpsons joke where that voice actor, they just use her meep meep. They just, two <laughs> seconds of recording, and oh, they yeah. used it over and over again. Like, that's literally what you just, yeah, they, Konami literally did that. Yeah, they did splice yeah. up some of those original lines and just used them in other projects for it. Or right, they pay you had to pay you a tiny little bit something extra, but it's uh, it's pretty ludicrous, pretty ludicrous. But anyway, we don't want to bitch about that all day. Yeah, my bitch about that, and I've moved on. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, you know, going going past that. Uh, when you do complete work on something, how often do you go back and look at what you've what you've worked on? Do you watch the movies? Do you? I mean. I, I know with Metal Gear, you don't really play games, but... No, it's a very interesting question. I I, I, I watch... I watch what, I, what I've done. Um, I suppose I usually do, but I, 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 I'll often fast-forward through it, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I prefer the doing, because the, the longer I've been doing this, the Zen part of it for me is the actual doing of it can't control how it looks or how it ends up. So I enjoy the process. Um, the end result is not, it's out of my control. Yeah. So I do, uh, particularly if I'm producing or I've written something, I'll watch more rig rigorously because I have to. But, but if I'm just hired for an acting job, I'll, I'll watch if it's, you know, it seems like it's something I want to watch. A piece of film that I might want to keep. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll generally watch stuff that I do, but 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 not with great enthusiasm because I still don't feel comfortable watching myself. Yeah, I can barely watch home movies of myself. It's a struggle for me to go through this podcast every every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I have to be honest. Back, really. <laughs> yeah, I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Well, it's also, you, you've done it. So it's, I got bored in the theater because once I've done the show, it's like, okay, why do I have to do it again? Like I passed that exam. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, particularly with these things, you know, an hour of, uh, the last thing I want to listen to is me talking for an hour after I've talked for an hour. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with, with all due respect, I, I, I won't be listening to this because <laughs> the reason I became an actor was so, uh, well, I became an actor because I, didn't want to be in the audience. Yeah, I do do a bunch of cool <laughs> edits to it, so it'll sound different. But yeah, no, <laughs> I I totally get that. Yeah, I've I've done podcasts before. Yeah, he makes us sound competent. Well, send it to me because what I end up what I end up doing is I flick through stuff if people send it to me. And there've been a couple. I have to confess, I did a couple of ones that were really fun. Uh, there's a, a show in England called My Time Capsule, where you have to. If you, if you pick five things, four that you want to preserve forever in a time capsule and one that you want to have buried forever. Uh, and it's a fun game and it's an hour show. It's usually an hour to an hour and a half. 
and, and they've had some major, major celebs on it. And it's a really fun kind of thing. And, and I did listen to that. And, and it was, uh, that amused me. That, that amused me. It was, this, the host was very funny. And, and so things like that I'll do where it's kind of, oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that's, that's not just me um, shitting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I want to bring it back to, uh, like, your role, you know, playing Major Zero, if, if we can. Uh, yeah. Do you have any, like, good yes. memories of just, like, being in the booth and just and having a good time with that? Like, yeah. just, like, certain lines sticking out, or, or was there anything that you kind of did find odd with that character? Adding on to Fingers' question, you were talking about, you know, speaking to you and David Hayter's experiences as writers, and, you know, looking at your work and his, you know, there there's a little bit of a difference there, right? So, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see what those conversations were about on top of, like Fingers said, just like your overall experience recording. Uh, do you mean the conversations about writing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it was comparing and contrasting, you know, and, and the difficulties of, you know, getting studio notes on scripts and how you handle it um, uh, and doing rewrites and, and, and the process of getting a film made, how hard it is. Uh, the hoops you have to jump through mm-hmm. and in and in his case you know when you're on the studio bandwagon replace writers every other week so you know i think he'd been through that experience a lot more than me independent world the original writer often stays the whole way through so there was a lot of those kind of conversations the recording i, I gotta be brutally honest with you a long time ago uh i i i my overriding memory of it, that it was, it was like a, ma- a marathon. There was so much material mm-hmm. and so much to get through yeah. every day. I, I, I kind of endurance game as opposed to, gosh, I really remember. And most of it was instructional. So I'm not having dramatic scenes with people. Yeah. Tons of head north. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over this one more time. First, head north through the jungle. Enter the cave through the crevice to the north. Are we clear now? Yeah. Snake. I got it, I got it. Basically, I just head north, right? It was more like a narrating job. Yeah. In the sense that, that rather than an acting job. I think that colored it a little bit so i don't have great memories of oh yeah that was a great scene i remember we really were crackling and i remember that we we got that it it was more about just getting through these instructions and these things um the fun bits were where you know i could be wry and dry and could play off each other uh and get some humor out of it because i mean i started in comedy really and early days i would mostly play comedy so it was always fun for me to find the uh, where you could be funny it is fun hearing snake talk about like all right cool i'm gonna get some coffee after this mission and you're just like <laughs> what like <laughs> just you know yeah. him, him not having a, a a cup of tea on the way home it's just so insulting to your character you know it's it's that's that's the kind of stuff that like sticks out for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sipping hot coffee on a plane back home what did you say hmm? what did you say Sipping hot coffee on it. You're going to drink that foul mud on the victory flight home. Okay, then. What would you drink? Tea, of course. So, yeah, I'd have to go. I should actually sort of play the game and, and go through it and, and jog my memory. Um, That'd be a fun Twitch stream, yeah. 
these games do have a reputation for being kind of long-winded uh so that doesn't yeah. surprise me to hear with with voice acting you can't there's not really a lot of room for things like improvisation is there so you can't really freeform as much no there isn't i mean certain jobs you can but 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 not not like this no it's too, it's too specific uh, um and, and and a lot of animation sort of uh, tv animation that you have to match to you know to certain things so a lot uh, and, and you know obviously my career i've done a lot of improvised stuff as well so but yeah i think you can change if something sounds awkward to you Especially for me, you know, if, it, if it's not written by a British person and there's a phrase that just doesn't sound right, just be open to saying, you know, okay, how would you say it? Um, so, so you know, that, 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 that's never been an issue. Sort of uh, tangential to this. God, I'm probably mispronouncing that word. I never, I can never say that word correctly. Um, it sounded good to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm glad to hear that. Um, At least you didn't say tangential. <laughs> I love all the. I was watching like your comedy reel, and there's just that clip of you saying like, "Well, this thing kind of looks like gonorrhea." It's that, like, yeah, that I saw that. That <laughs> it's like, yeah. For me, I hadn't seen that side of of stuff, and there, there's there's just a ton of of projects that you've been involved. That I definitely want to check out now, where it's just like, just the juxtaposition of like kind of what I'm used to with your the the characters that you play. Yeah. And then, you know, when you have, have movies like, you know, Kill Your Friends, where you're just kind of unhinged and going off, it's like, oh, shit. You know, it's it's awesome seeing that range, you know. That, you know. that was fun. That was fun. I mean, the Emily Blunt stuff in uh, Five Year Engagement, that we ne- that scene never ended up in the movie. I don't know if we ever got through it. I don't think we ever could do that bit of it without cracking out. It was so sad. It was my first day on the film, but we just made each other laugh. Hey, so unprofessional. Check the deleted scenes. <laughs> um yeah. I did want to ask though, and this is something I, I've I I'm hoping to get an opportunity to ask more more actors, more voice actors in general, because there's been so much conversation about it and uh I I'm kind of sick of hearing the peanut gallery on it. Um with regards to some of the, the AI driven tools, voice uh cloning, deep fakes, that kind of thing. Um have you have you seen any of that? Do you have a do you have any thoughts on on how that sort of started to work its way into into Hollywood and into media in general? No, I haven't really. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to mean less work for everybody. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the whole AI thing is terrifying to me. <laughs> um, the only time I kind of go, I'm glad I'm the age I am because terrifying. And everyone goes, you know, well, AI could. Could uh, could end up destroying us. Well, stop stop developing it. <laughs> Shut it down. Oh, that now. won't happen. It's like, yeah. I mean, if someone told you, well, nuclear power will actually destroy the world, stop it. You know, just stop it now. Uh, of course, it can, but but we weren't told it will. But no, like, we had to get I, to the brink first. Told, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I keep being told AI will actually destroy the world. So people who know, I'm going well then. Don't develop it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to really, really quick point out the irony of Zero saying AI is scary. <laughs> Everybody stop. Yeah. He's going to have no idea what you're talking I about. I know. This is for us, though. <laughs> I just I just pictured Zero wheeling into GW like, everybody shut it down now. Yeah. This is, this is the it. part where he disconnects from the call very discreetly. 
Somebody told me that this was bad, so we need to shut it down now. Your character pretty much ends up running like a whole AI control thing of like pretty much, you know, the whole world. And it's as just, as one know, tends to in. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. if, if I'm running it, it's different, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's um the reason I bring it up is because there's been a lot of of concern from from voice actors specifically uh, with regards to some of the voice cloning technology. I mean, there's been a lot of very funny videos on YouTube of, uh, you know, Trump and Biden uh, arguing over like what their favorite TV show or video game is, and it's hilarious because it's you know it sounds so convincing, and it takes you know a you know a couple minutes of clear recording of a person's voice to it, to effectively mm. duplicate it. Um, and, and it's, it's just, you know, there've been concerns like, oh no, you know, people are going to start using our voices for things. And this is sort of, uh, you know, reaching into our pockets without our permission. And, and just, there's a, there's, there's a lot of, of concern in that area. Well, I think like <clears throat> image rights and voice rights will probably become a thing, won't they? Uh, if you have voice rights and it's like, you know, if someone steals your, your song, you know, and they can prove right. That. Those chords uh, were ripped off in voice. Yeah, I think if people are sort of bitch rights, voice rights, that'll all become an issue. But um, that'll, you know, actors will, there won't be such a thing as an actor anymore. I think that's like they're starting to like slip it into contracts and stuff too. Just like anything that you, you know, give us, we can kind of, you know, in perpetuity use from here on out and, and construct these AI voice patterns off of what you've given us. So it's, you know, that's, that's kind of the real scary part for me is where they're just kind of like sneaking yeah. these things into the contract. So that is, that is, um, uh, yeah, we've got, got to get protection for that. Yeah. Well, there was the the recent example in in one of the Star Wars movies. They they used CG to bring Peter Cushing in as a character that he had played. Um, you know, who's been, you know, sadly passed away for quite a while. Um, and it was it was just very strange to see like here here's an actor who passed away decades ago, suddenly in a new role, and we've used computers to sort of repl replicate his image and replicate his voice, and it's just, it's it's very strange to sort of, to sort of see this, uh, this phenomenon I, of, of... I have no objection to that. I have no objection to that. I mean, listen, to, to, to have some sort of immortality, for even if it's for a hundred years after your death, I think is fantastic. Hmm. But like books, you know, they, if you, you know, uh, using passages from a book or, 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 or selling the book, you know, uh, you've got to pay the rights, the royalties to, to the, the estate of the, the, the surviving state. Uh, yeah. so, so I hope that Peter Cushing's estate was paid money for that. I mean, it's the same with music, anything. It's just because the person's dead shouldn't prevent them being used, their work being used or their image their voice, whatever, uh, I think it's great to keep them alive through their work, um, but, but, but pay them or pay their estates. Yeah. Yeah, to my understanding, his, his family, uh, they, they did approve of it, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's okay. I mean, I think that with books, you know, because uh, when I look at rights of things, I think 1923 is, they keep changing it, but that's when things come into the public domain. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, things before 1923, but that may have changed. I remember when I was looking for rights on stuff as a producer, 1923 was always the magic kind of cutting off point where after that you'd have to pay rights. So that could have changed. 
it's it's gotten a little strange in the area of say where Amazon's taken it with their Alexa. Um, I remember reading there was a the Washington Post article talking about how they were developing a feature for Alexa that could uh, read. I don't know if this was necessarily how it was being marketed or or pushed, but the the idea was that you could have the voice of a deceased relative read you stories. Mm. That's where I I sort of raise an eyebrow. It's a bit spooky, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I don't have a massive objection to it. It's just a bit creepy, though. Definitely creepy, yeah. To me. As long as the computers don't kill us. <laughs> well, yeah. That's the, that's what I'm saying. You know, if, they, if we if we if people keep saying to me, "Oh, they will," then you know, stop it now. <laughs> it's like it's you know, if you eat that that plant, it'll kill you. Well, don't eat it then. You know, <laughs> it's not rocket science. <laughs> If there, uh, if there was ever like a, a, you know, there's always talks about remakes or the Metal Gear Solid movie or all these different things could happen down the road. If if you were approached again to ever, you know, re recast your role as, as Zero, um, you know, and, and and if the pay was good, of course, do you think you'd be open to playing that role again? Or absolutely, and it wasn't even how it's, it was just as long as it was reasonable. Not, yeah, I, 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 I listen, I. Uh, I don't need to work. It's like I, I'm not. I don't know, it's just vulgar to talk about money, but I don't need that. It's not not like I need to, to earn money. Uh, I'm fine for the rest of my life. Yeah, so there's no shade in just, that at all. Like, yeah, it, it's more of a well, it's a respect thing and a principle yeah, thing of like, look, man, like you, you're exactly, not giving me what I'm worth here, and I, I we get that. There's value to your work. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not a greed exactly. thing. We're, exactly. we're not looking at you like that. Don't get don't get us wrong here. Like we we support you in, in the whole in the whole thing of it. I'm I'm a musician too, so I, I get arguing rates with people and all, all that stuff all the time. It's <laughs> it's a hard fight out just, here. <laughs> just keep it reasonable. I mean, David told yeah. me last time I saw David, we did a streamily signing thing, and uh, he said that there was plans to 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 redo. And he said you you'll probably be here for that. I said I wouldn't cancel it um, because I I don't know who did. Major Zero after I did, but but I don't know. Maybe they would come back to me, but uh, I think my agents were pretty blunt with them. No, I'd absolutely be, be happy to, to if they ever did an on-camera thing. It would be fantastic. I'm, I may be too old now. <laughs> on-camera, off-camera, we'd we'd definitely uh, we'd appreciate you coming back. Like you know, we had the we had the Zero that that showed up in the Phantom Pain, and you know he did an all right job. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shade that no, at all either. I, he that didn't was, do a bad fine. job, but I'll be honest yeah. that this kind of goes into Jim's point that there was just like this dis- for a moment I didn't even realize it was zero. There was just this disconnect not seeing the voice, and that that's kind of the point we make about you know the voice sort of being the heart of it all, especially in video games where you know sometimes yeah. there are limitations that prevent folks from expressing themselves, and and the voice is where you sometimes where you get the heart of the character. So. No shade to that guy, but it just wasn't the same. It was a Time Winters, wasn't it? Yeah. I think the, the, the fun for me doing it would be to come back, approach it, because it was sort of a bit like uh, this was thrown at me and all this stuff, and it was sort of all bang, 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 bang. And it, it was in the midst of a fairly hectic time for me anyway. I think the, the, the fun would be to, to, to now come back and see the games and just it with a bit more kind of depth and knowledge 
Yeah. Some a new dimension, bring an extra dimension to it. That would be the fun for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're telling you, man. This it's a good story. Like we we don't have a podcast about this game series and the and the creator behind it for nothing. Like it's <laughs> it's one of the best stories ever told. You know, in my opinion. And see, I'm afraid to say that because I don't want him to say that and then him visit the game and he's like, oh my god, this is dog shit. These people are crazy. <laughs> it's a little weird. Oh. This guy's spinning a revolver and meowing out here. Like what the fuck? It's oddball for sure, but I think you'll appreciate the humor and how it all comes together for sure. I mean, it's 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 a good. Uh package especially just snake eater alone as a story it's self-contained and, and great it's an interesting historical fiction at the very least yeah it's it's american blockbuster films through the lens of a japanese creator and it's very interesting oh good well i mean there's a lot of people i know who, who know the game very well and have said that to me it's, it's terrific so i trust them yeah definitely worth checking out if you got some spare time yeah no i i and i've got somebody gave me a, a an Xbox, I think it was uh, uh, Christmas, and I haven't hooked it up yet, so I, I, I should probably uh, look at it. Nice, yeah, just play through it. There you go. That's the best way you get the full experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have to laugh at us all trying to sell Jim on Metal Gear Solid Three. It's so funny. <laughs> bro, you got to play MGS Three. <laughs> yeah, Maybe well, we should, I think we should start with Super Mario Brothers and, and work up. You know. That, I've tried to sell many a person on this game, but but I, I never thought it'd be you, Jim. I really never thought it'd be you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to try. It's, just, it's finding the time, you know. It's finding the time to do it. And then uh, Apache Smash, actually, he, he runs through these games blindfolded. Like, he can play the games all the way through blindfolded. And, he you know, he's he's that passionate about it and, and speed runs them and... and beats them in an incredible amount of time. So, you know, you've got communities uh, behind these series that are that hardcore about it. It's how long would it take to go through the whole uh one of those games? You could do a um I was thinking about it. You could do maybe like a co-stream um or just like a co-play. Apache could play it for you <laughs> and you could kind of observe. Jim, I would uh, love to do that. It would take about five six hours to go through three i would love to do wow. that with all the cutscenes, wow. yeah but the gameplay he can just speed through for you i could have sworn there was more to it than that but my memories we can take breaks and stuff but if you ever wanted to do anything like that i'd love to do that wow all right well you have to let me know how to get in touch with you and if i ever have a spare day um <laughs> i'll tell you where i gave up um i gave up video i didn't give up i tried video games so I bought uh, FIFA, one of those soccer games at <laughs> yeah. Heathrow Airport. Uh, one of the first ones, uh, about probably 30 years ago. Yeah, probably 30 years ago. Uh, and I bought that game, came back, and uh, my wife and daughter went out for the day. And I said, uh, I'll give this a try. And they came back about eight hours later, and I hadn't got up from my seat <laughs> except to go to the bathroom uh, apart from going to the bathroom and maybe i yeah that's a warning grab something to eat it was so addictive and i'd taken my team crystal palace to to win the fa cup final i think so that was good but then i just i i basically said that i, I can't this is I, I would become addicted um i don't have a massively addictive personality i'm quite obsessive but i'm not addictive and uh, um, at all I, uh, but 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 uh, I said no. So I gave it away the next day. I gave it to a friend. 
I, I love that. I love that your experience of playing video games was taking Crystal Palace to their rightful glory of winning the FA Cup. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm the only person that's taken them to win a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna live off that one. Um, you know yeah. the, they they also have football manager games where you don't have to actually play the the football. You can just play the the manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just I, make all the decisions and buy the players and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I, I think that, that that that's probably more my speed, more cerebral. We'll gift you that at the end of the the Apache Gym <laughs> co-stream from MGS3. <laughs> wow! Oh man, I cannot wait. Something's come up here. <clears throat> everything all right over there yeah yeah so oh, okay came cool. up on the screen gotcha um well yeah we, we didn't want to take up too much of your time i know we're over an hour here um didn't want to you know just keep on going on and on good lord how did t- time flies yeah it's been great i would ask you to 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 tell us where people could find you but i think the answer would be everywhere um i'm on twitter <laughs> at real jim piddock uh Twitter, uh, I, I go, I'm in and out on Twitter. I'm quite political. So if that will bore you to tears if you're not political. Um, but the, 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 I can be I, quite... I, saw you, I saw you back in Gary Lineker. Yes, I can I be amusing occasionally amusing. on Twitter. Um, I was back, back in Gary. You got to back Gary. Um, and Facebook, I'm on. And uh, Instagram, I, I dip in and out of. Uh, I haven't done a lot lately. I got, I got sort of a... Again, after doing the book, I got so burnt out on all the media and social media stuff. Yeah, and I just, uh, I got, I got, it was too, too much, and it, and it's sort of, it's draining. And and let's be honest, very, when you get off Instagram or Twitter, you feel better about your life. Do you feel better as a person? Do you, do you feel happier than when you got on it? Almost immediately. That's the only yeah. way I survived the 2020 year of 2020. <laughs> is just turning it off. Is getting is being on. I I find it. I find it sort of. It doesn't doesn't do it for me. Ultimately, I don't feel my life is better. It's like reading newspapers. Very rarely do I read a newspaper and think, "Oh, my life's better now." I feel in a better mood than I did. Well, I mean, on on social media is all about attacking people or telling you how great their life is and so it's i don't i don't know i don't know that it's always good i enjoy it sometimes i enjoy engaging with people particularly if it's kind of humorous and there's some banter i i i tend to use it more just keeping in touch or getting news uh but 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 i there's very rare that i can spend 20 minutes or a half an hour on twitter and end that 20 minutes and say, I feel in a better mood because of it, or I, or I feel uplifted. Same with Instagram. I don't, I don't go, oh, I, I, I'm so glad I did that. I so much better about the world and about life. That's just me. It's definitely addictive, and you can get there and, like, kind of just not, like, reflexively, like, you kind of, you opened it up, and you're like, oh, here I am on Twitter again. Like, you kind of disassociate, and all of a sudden you snap to, and you're like, oh, I'm scrolling again. Shit. That's what like, I did it's... on Reddit yesterday when it was down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit, Reddit's down. I guess I gotta touch grass, and then I touch grass for a little bit, and then try to get back on Reddit. It's such a caricature of real life. It's so weird. I mean, the also the people out there, I mean, I don't know. I, 
tired of just blocking people. We've seen what you some of the things you've had to deal with. Yeah. And <laughs> it's very hyper real out here. It's just yeah. like an exaggeration of everything that's going on. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of yeah. silly. Shout out to Jean Baudrillard. I... <laughs> it's like Camelot. It's just a silly place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you type a, like a, a, a one line kind of quip, semi-serious to something. You get like, you know, you get you know, a thousand people liking or whatever, which is lovely, but then you'll get 50 fucking idiots who go, <laughs> you're a moron, spell Y-O-U-R. You're a moron. Uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, it's hard uh, to tell much of it's ironic, too. I, I, I think that when they're all, all people with two followers or, you know, under sing, di- right. single digits, they've been on Twitter for less than two, three months... And you go, these are just bots or people who are looking to, to just troll uh, their left wing, right wing, whatever. I happen yeah. to be quite liberal, uh, but but not, you know, super liberal. I just happen to believe it. I, I mean, the whole woke thing is astonishing to me. It's like, what, is, what does that mean? I, I love that. I don't know if you saw that clip yesterday of some Republican... Uh, Chill, who's they asked her to define it. Oh, it's brilliant, and she just stopped. She's brilliant, and she said, I know this is going to be a viral moment. And it's like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's just, I mean, that's that it's to me, it's astonishing that there's a man that's going to run for, for president whose entire manifesto is anti woke. That is it. He hasn't got anything to offer. There's yeah. no policy. So what does that even mean? I know. What is it? Well, that, that's the big thing is what, what is woke anyway? And, yeah. and by the way, I'm very much against what you might call overwoke, people being overly offended by everything. I That drives me crazy. But basically, woke just means you're sensitive to other people's feelings, and particularly if they're a minority or an oppressed group. That's all. If that's woke, then good. Most good people are woke. But to, to make it a dirty word, it's like, you know, liberal means free. That word means free. So why would liberal be a dirty word? You know, it's just mental to me. Social media mental. sort of comes in and it just obliterates the signal to noise ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, it's it's very difficult to tell what is actually of value and what is just, uh, you know, rambling. Yes. That's true, and what and what is just made up crap? Because there's so much stuff out there that people just make up. That's a big overarching theme with uh, Metal Gear Solid too. <laughs> if you, if you check out that one, uh, you can get into that. Really? That whole uh, uh, Kojima predicted it. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, it's been an honor talking to you. You're welcome. It's a pleasure talking to you guys. I'm glad it worked out technically. Yeah, yeah, this definitely works. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. This was like my meeting Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet of you to say so, and I don't believe you for a second, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> very, very flattering, and uh, it's very kind to say so. And now I have to go cook dinner. That's my mission. Okay, thank you. All right, have a good dinner, Jim. Thank you so much. Yeah, hope you have a delicious meal. Have a great evening. You too. Thanks so much.